I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. I'm so pleased to have in the studio today Jules Vitality, who is host of Impact uh, Positive Impact TV. She is a visibility strategist and a social media coach. Jules, it's uh, so wonderful to see you again, and thanks for coming on the show. Um, a lot of people have difficulty with widening their audience bandwidth um you know becoming visible and i know this is something that you specialize in what can people do if they really have the intention to increase their audience bandwidth hi gavin thank you so much for having me i know it's not our first collaboration so i i'm welcome i'm happy to be back and i welcome you to come back on my show as well and to answer your question, a lot of people, whether they're entrepreneurs or, you know, maybe they are behind a cause or maybe they're running a nonprofit, whatever they're doing that they have their passion in, sometimes they shy away from being visible because of the level of confidence they have about their message, how much impact they can make with that message or the combination of the two. Sometimes they're just lacking the strategies. Sometimes they have the passion. They, they want to be out there. They're confident enough. They're ready. Maybe they have a media kit and they're ready to apply to podcasts, but maybe they just don't know how to get themselves in front of more people. And another challenge I, I see people who are in business often experiencing is they actually get out there. They are visible, but they're not converting those views, followers, listeners into buying customers. So these are the common challenges that uh, people come to me for. Awesome. Um, what would you say is like the biggest thing that stops someone with confidence from gaining that exposure? So when they, when they already have confidence, I think it, the matter is uh, with the strategy and positioning themselves in the memorable way. So what I always remind people of is that even if there is no demand for your service at the moment, or maybe people don't necessarily resonate with your message at the moment, as long as they remember you for one primary thing, they will likely try to find you when that need arises or when somebody comes to them and say, hey, do you know anybody who fill in the blanks, right? And that who isn't going to be who does this and also that, and he can help me with everything else and da, da, da. No, 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 no. It's going to be one thing, right? So I often bring people back to the foundations of why they're in their business. What is the main impact they want to make and what kind of person they want to help? Because understanding that why and, and the basics is often something that we lose when we become so multi-passionate because we do like, you know, we do have the shiny object syndrome as entrepreneurs, as passionate people, as individuals who want to make more impact and want to see transformation on the other side. 
we learn a new skill, we want to add it to our portfolio, right? So many coaches have, oh, and I can use NLP and I just learned this. And, you know, it's irrelevant. Pick something you want to be remembered for. And that is that has to be unique. Of course, it's not you're not going to be the only person out there known for this, but you are also the only you. So authenticity comes with that, because if you put, you know, 10 visibility and social media brand exposure coaches right here on our podcast, let's say we did a panel and we had 100 people in the audience. Each of the 100 people would probably pick a different person that they would rather work with out of the 10, because a lot of it is also about connection, energetic alignment, personality, rapport, right? So much goes into it. So that's where the numbers are important. So a lot of people think, oh, if I just chase the numbers, if I just get in front of more people, then I'm more likely to get to the result. Yes, of course, it's like with everything in life, even with dating, you know, the more dates you have, the closer you are to your ideal mate. But at the same time, having in mind the fact that you want to stand out, you want to definitely stand out with something that's valuable to your target audience. You want to give them something of a taste so that they know what it's like to work with you. And that's where lead magnets, freebies, free events are so valuable because in the coaching space, especially in any kind of service space, in any kind of content uh, provider marketplace, a lot of it is behind behind the the screen, right? It's it's your personality. It's how you deliver your content. It's your style. Are you more about storytelling? Are you more direct? Are you, you know, about trauma and overcoming that and becoming victorious, you know, despite obstacles? So people relate based on who you are. So showing them a little bit of your authentic self in addition to being known for one main thing about your business, the combination of the two creates that memorable, uh, you know, impression in people's mind that when, when the time does come, or if it is now, that's great. But if, when the time does come for them to look for somebody who can help them with this or that, they are going to remember you because you've established that connection on a level different than just, you know, being in the directory of their service provider. There is actually something more real to it. Yeah, and no, I love that. I love <clears throat> how you really go through the different elements of the strategies. Like, uh, I think that's something that people really forget. Uh, like we've talked about before, last year I went swimming and I kind of forgot about all of my business strategies and I'm now sitting back in the pilot seat, putting those strategies back in place. So, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Strategies are really important. Um, positive impact. TV. Um, obviously, you're trying to create positive impact, but share with our audience just what it is, maybe how they can see some of it and enjoy it and take on the inspiration. Yeah, so I actually started it with a podcast or with a video podcast, a YouTube show. And uh, that that's really what gave the inspiration to the rest of my business. And, and the reason why I even started that channel was because that's how I was healing from the traumas that I went through. I was literally turning to YouTube for every answer. And the information I was finding, the people that I was connecting with and following and then joining the groups uh, behind these leaders, thought leaders, that really helped me get from a place of being stuck to a place of inspiration 
and potential. So one day I was just inspired to kind of follow in their footsteps, you know, with obviously my personal spin and my own personality. And initially I was attracting guests on my show that were helping me heal. Every interview was literally like a coaching session for me. And then as I was healing, I was attracting guests that were more about mindset and business and positivity. So as I was growing, my, my guests uh, profile was changing. And little by little, as I was getting to know my guests and, and having some you know, small group events, they were all expressing basically two main needs, well, three. One, everybody wanted to connect on a deeper level, more networking events, smaller events where people can, you know, support each other, understand each other's challenges and, and have an opportunity to encourage each other. Also using those events to grow each other's network, maybe asking for referrals, getting to know other providers so that, you know, when, when somebody asks you, well, can you help me with this? And you, it's not something you do. You say, hey, I know someone who can, let me introduce you to them, right? So for, for referral exchange, and everybody expressed two business needs that over time, because I was learning those things anyway, I decided to add them to my service offering. One thing was PR, basically exposure, being in front of more people, reaching wider audiences, target audiences specifically, because so many people go out there, they appear in front of people, but they're not seeing any traction. So as I was learning that anyways, and being a host, knowing what works, knowing which guests convert, which guests more get more views, I kind of created this formula that was basically visibility success formula. And, and I, I do have a, um, a little downloadable for that as well. It's, it's 10 tips to be a successful podcast guest. Uh, and we'll, we'll put, probably put the links below. Um, but the other the other thing that everybody was sort of either coming to me for, or I was observing that that was really missing was the social media component. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean social media ads. I don't mean social media marketing. I mean the foundational social media profiles, because as we hit the pandemic, as we transitioned to more of our online business models, we're really underestimating the power of our about sections on our social media profiles that really replaced our business card, right? And we probably, you know, those of us who are a little bit older, probably remember the days of being trained as to what should go on your business card. So when you give that business card, you're going to be memorable, right? Well, we're not applying those basics, even in our social media profiles, but there are also ingredients that are specific to the digital space that a lot of people are not applying. And often between our social media platforms, we'll look like a completely different person. So many times I would connect with a guest, like I run panel of experts as well on Tuesday mornings, and so often I would say, guys, uh, you know, let me share. I'm going to share this video on all of my platforms. Let me connect with you. Let me find you. And I would not be able to find them because they have a different name, different picture, different title. And I'm like, which one of these, especially if it's a common name, which one of them are you? Right. One tip, I'm just going to go away, uh, get, get, get out of on the show now, and hopefully as many people as possible can get it, is make sure you're consistent between all of the social media you're on if you're using it professionally. Let people find you. Be discoverable. And that is such a little foundational nugget, but it's missing by so many people. And you know what happens? 
is often people don't remember the website you shared with them. If they're listening to a podcast or to a show, they don't remember much of what you say. They may remember your name. If your title is catchy enough, they'll remember your title, right? If um, maybe your topic was interesting enough, maybe they'll remember the topic. So guess what? They've been driving while they were listening to the show. They're going to go home and they're going to Google what they remember. So make sure when people Google you about what they remember, your stuff comes up and it comes up on all the platforms the same way because they may only be on Facebook or they may only be on LinkedIn or they may be on both. And if they go on both and they see you being a cheeseburger lover on Facebook and a dog walker on LinkedIn, and somewhere along in the middle, you're going to say you work for so-and-so or you also do this and that. Well, guess what? You lost them. From being the specialist, from having authority, you, you've just been downgraded, right? Or let's say you did say you're you know, a life coach, okay? How many life coaches are there? Was there something you actually stand out for? Did you put that in? And this is the thing where most people, even the ones that, that have all the other things in place, where they drop, they don't give people the next, most logical, most natural next step of working with them. They may have, I have all these certifications listed. They may have, I've appeared on this and this show listed. But does that matter? To the person who is trying to see if they connect with you, if they need your services, if, 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 if they're willing to test drive your services. So if you don't have the most natural next step, the ideal, most convertible, most natural next step is a downloadable cheat sheet, some kind of checklist. If you don't have that right on top of every single one of your social media profiles, you've just underutilized like this golden opportunity. This, the last least convertible, but still better than nothing, lead magnet is book a call with me. So at least put that. If you have nothing else, at least put that. If you have an event coming up, if you have a workshop replay, anything like that, give people an opportunity to sample what it's like working with you on all of your social media profiles right there in the first initial about me section. Okay, if you need help with any of that, DM me, contact me, I'll help you out. But these are basically the elements that a lot of people are missing before they even go and chase the visibility pathway, before they even start appearing to, on all these shows and talking about how brilliant they are. You lose your clients, your potential prospects, by not building out your social media profiles. And I'm not talking about content, daily posting, none of that, okay? None of that. That's another strategy, content strategy. Is a separate thing. That's your lead generation strategy. But if you're using PR as a lead generation strategy and you don't have the basics, the foundation set up in the way to convert those people to bring them into your ecosystem, you are basically spinning your wheels, wasting your time or nothing. Maybe somebody's going to be so interested that they're going to jump through all those hoops and find you. But make it easy for them. Make it easy. Um, it's a mistake many often people make if you're listening then jules will drop all her details at the end so carry on uh listening until the end there's still loads more value to come from jules uh jules is also known as pr jules 
Um, so she's in the right domain to help you all out. Um, Jules, public relations, that's, that's the old school kind of name for PR, if you like. Uh, has it become, in the modern era, personable relations? How can we distinguish between the two? You're right. That's actually a good question because <clears throat> it, it, it is becoming more and more impersonable because even though it's considered efficient, you're speaking once with one host and that recording potentially gets viewed and replayed and consumed by multiple people. We know that we're not speaking to that person directly. Whereas, for example, if we speak from a real stage and we have an audience in front of us, people in the audience are being spoken to directly, right? There's something to say about speaking in person. With digital PR, that component of that building of a relationship one-on-one -on -one or, or you know, an individual attention it's it's kind of diluted, right? So, because we're, we're having a conversation, you and I are having a conversation. I'm not having a conversation necessarily with whoever's listening, although they are consuming the message, but I'm not talking to them individually. So as the delivery method of the information changes, obviously we need to be creative as to how do we now make the person on the receiving end, the listener, the follower feel special right? Feel heard. So the way I do it in my shows, I invite people to let me know in the comments how they felt, what they enjoyed, what they learned, right? Asking questions. I encourage them to connect with the guest following the conversation because it's that connection that's going to indicate to them whether there is a match or not. I cannot, it doesn't matter how much I promote somebody on my show and how much I'm a fan of them, the person on the receiving end may not agree with me, right? So it's definitely a challenge. I say as host, and I, I don't know what your perspective on that is as a host, how do we make these interviews not just between you and I? How do we engage our audience more in these conversations? I know if it was a real time, for example, live workshop, if we had you know, a, a chat feature enabled or anything like that, we would have that opportunity to get people's con uh, comments right there live. But when, when it's a podcast episode or a recorded show episode, we do run into that challenge. So yeah, absolutely. It's something that came, unfortunately, with transitioning from you know, person to person to the digital space. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting, obviously. Uh, for me, it's always kind of been the same thing. It's what we talk about and how somebody can relate to that message and whether we are delivering it in an inspirational way. And if we're doing all of those things, then people will really connect with it. And if not, then they will connect with it less and they might just take you know, the cookie crumbs as opposed to the golden nuggets. And that's kind of the way I see it. Um, you know, you can only help someone as much as they're willing to be helped or if they're willing to be helped. So, you know, how much intention for attention to the information they're receiving 
are they listening to these podcasts with? So that'll determine how much they'll take away effectively. You know, they're really sort of intentional about it and it's part of their evening routine. They don't watch Netflix. They turn their phone off an hour before they go to bed. They sit down with a journal and they're listening to the podcast and they're writing down, you know, notes. Then they're going to get a lot more from it as opposed to somebody that, say, just in the metro and kind of has it on in the background as blue noise. Uh, so I think it all comes down to intention. Um, and we can't force intention upon people. Uh, we can only inspire. So that's kind of where I stand on it. And, you know, I respect everybody's voice isn't for everybody. I respect everybody's methods, everybody's strategies, uh, everybody's personal personability uh, is not for everybody. So, you know, I think you can try to overreach sometimes. And the way that, you know, my show works is that we have casual conversations and the cookie crumbs or the golden nuggets are there for people to take if they would like to take them. There's no pressure upon them to do so. Uh, but, you know, I walked into a, an estate agent the other day and um, I didn't know this lady was working there, but I met her probably about a year ago and she greeted me warmly and said, hey, I'm still listening to your podcast. So, you know, you kind of know that in the world of service, the people that need to hear your message are going to be attracted to you and you will serve them. And there's no point trying to serve people that, you know, don't want to receive your message. It's like, uh, it's like a breakfast chef trying to make dinner. That's, yeah. that's how I would Agreed. summarize it. Agreed. We connect with the people who are meant to connect with. We, our energy gets reflected in, in the guests and the listeners. Mm. And uh, if they do resonate, they'll continue listening. If they don't, they'll, they'll fall off, which is fine. Um, but I, I do believe that if we give them something, a question or you know, an action uh, to conduct or even you know, a provoking thought, Mm -hmm. that that kind of engages them, right? Like the same works from stage. If you ask people a question in the beginning, for example, in, in you know, my speaker training, they, they said, okay, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get the, get a yes in the beginning, right? So usually if I do a speech from stage, I say, who here would like to make positive impact? And you help them raise their hand, right? In your case, you go, who here would like to stay outstanding, right? Raise their hand. So obviously people would resonate with the message and kind of tune in right from the beginning. And, and again, the topic of the, the podcast or an episode is also important because sometimes people may listen to a show, but then maybe a specific topic is not something that they're interested in. So then they'll just skip to the next one, which is completely fine. Um, and then giving people a downloadable, something that they can kind of fall back to and remember the content of the conversation. That's something that often works. So in my case, uh, on prjules.com, right there, and then you'll get the visibility cheat sheet. So everything I mentioned in this episode is going to be right there with you in, in with little check boxes. So you don't need to you know, make notes. Uh, it's, you can literally glance at it next time you decide to uh, be in front of more people and just make sure you, all of that is checked for, your, for you to be the most effective in your appearances. 
And just like that, I think having some sort of a reminder to people, even if it's in the show notes, maybe key takeaways, I think that really, really helps for people to kind of focus back on, okay, what can they get from this episode? Let's say they're considering maybe listening to it. So when they look at the show notes and go, okay, this is what you're going to get out of this one, you know, that may determine whether they click on it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can never... In the world of service, service of others, you can never have too many free bees or free pieces of content to help others. Um, Talking of which, uh, a lot of people don't feel so comfortable doing so, probably because they suffer from imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome being that they don't believe they are who they are meant to be or that they are not qualified or that they are not capable of in this instance delivering that message to the people have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome and how do you help your clients get around it yeah i think you're more of a specialist in it than me you know i'm more on the business side and you're more on the mindset side so um i'm i'm finding that is something that keeps coming up even when you undress it, maybe in, in an area that's sort of, you know, putting its ugly head up, you kind of, you know, address it and you shove it back down and you kind of go on. And then let's say when you're, when you're ready to move to the next step, maybe that's where your limiting belief, or maybe that's where your glass ceiling is. So it's like you're constantly trying to work through these limiting beliefs our whole life, really our whole life is a, a journey of personal development, business development, self-improvement, and breaking through these limiting beliefs, it's like we're peeling onion, right? We're, we're shedding one layer, you know, we're fresh and, and, and shiny. And then that layer starts to get a little wrinkly and dry and it's time to shed that one. And it's not easy. It's usually uncomfortable. And getting through that usually requires some sort of work. Hopefully there is somebody in our network who can help us, a coach, a friend, you know, a podcast episode, on imposter syndrome that can help us get through this. But often it's something that is so personal and deep that I, for me, what works is actually working through that with someone who's very in tune with like energetic alignment, who can pull it out of me. Because often that's that's a spot where I feel either, either me or, or my clients, they're just stuck. It's something... It's like a block that you can't get past. It's like, no, I cannot. I, I, I don't have the money or no, I am stuck right now or no, right now I need to. And, and it's like, it's a barrier and somebody has to come and, you know, punch that barrier through because they are protecting that barrier with the best of their ability. They're putting their effort into that excuse, really. Right. But that excuse has deep roots. Often in our childhood, it's an opportunity to dig deep and get something resolved. But I'd like to hear your perspective as to like, how do you either personally or how do you help your clients get through that block when when they do come across one? It's interesting. I've just made a note of the solo episode on it. So uh, if you're listening, look out for that. But Effectively, what you have to do is really look at your skill set, look at how you can enable yourself to become who you want to be or who you already are. Like, if you are already that person, then 
There's probably some, as you said, limiting beliefs, confidence, many things that could be holding you back. If it's something that you want to become, then as you said with your uh, PR in the beginning, you know, you need the strategy. So I don't want to take up the whole of this uh, episode, me going through imposter syndrome, but uh, I will do a, um, a solo on it. And in fact, if you wanted to come back some other time and just, I don't know, have a chit chat as an episode about imposter syndrome, I'd be happy to do that with you, Jules. Um I I really like this. This now we're going slightly to a different area here, but I saw a Facebook story or Facebook live recently of yours where you were talking about inner child healing and you had talked a lot about, you know, not loving yourself and things like that could you just perhaps share with the audience your story and um you know encourage people to really seek out the inner child within yeah so that's that's a good one actually that definitely is is something one of the ways to get through the imposter syndrome as well some people when i bring up the term inner child they just get all confused like what are you talking about Right. But it's it's the term I believe used even in mainstream psychology and also in the coaching space. Um, anything to do with mindset. It's basically our relationship with the inner being, but it takes us back to all of the good and bad, the trauma and our journey as a as a child, where subconsciously we were taking feedback from the external environment as truth because we did not have the filters to know that it's good or bad so we internalized any feedback especially the negative feedback which basically is what we're trying to work through as truth so returning back in our minds to the times and often we do need external help to to go through these exercises or at least some sort of questionnaires that kind of allow us to get back to those places meditation hypnosis is great at this any kind of subconscious work but what it allows us to do is discover those moments in our childhood where we believed into in in the negative message that was given to us intentionally or unintentionally could have been something we watched in a movie and somebody could have been bullying another child and internalized that as, as if it was happening to us and then we just continue our lives we never even focus on it but what i found is when the the more of these moments we find and identify and as an adult when we look at it we go of course that's not true right that's almost like shedding those layers of the onion but my personal experience with that came when um my one of my first therapists was helping me work through a trauma that i went through which involved my family and i felt like a victim. It was, it was an, an assault that involved police charges. So when she said, you got to do inner child work, I said, well, that has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with what my father did. Right. She goes, just do it. So she gives me the, the series of questions and, and, you know, whatever they were really, really hard. I had to dig out. There was a lot of tears. She had, she said, you know, for five minutes a day, total five minutes during the day, first thing in the morning, throughout the day and at night, you have to be, you have to sit in front of the mirror 
and tell yourself that you love yourself. And not just like stand in front of the mirror. Look yourself in the eyes. Mean it. Guys, the first few times I did, I did not want to do it. First of all, I had like a huge barrier of even doing it. When I actually end up standing in front of the mirror, I did not want to look myself in the eye. I'd look anywhere else but my eyes. So I challenge every single listener to go and do it today and see what your level of comfort is of doing it, because it will also give you an indication of your level of self-love and self-confidence, self-belief and self-acceptance. And whatever comes up for you, make a mental note or write it down. Even better if you write it down, any feelings that come up and then try to work through those feelings. And when, when I had a lot of stuff come up, I literally went and I Googled stuff for whatever came up. I'm like, well, how the heck do I deal with this or with that, right? You really have to break it down and break those walls down, work through that stuff. It's, it's hard, it's painful, but trust me, it's like the trench you jump over. You, you encounter the trench, you stand in front of it, looking at it, go, what the heck, how am I going to get through this? And then you got to learn the skills the abilities and the confidence to jump over. And the next trench that you encounter, even if it's bigger and wider and deeper, because you've overcome a smaller one yesterday, you're going to have the confidence you're going to overcome this one. So this exercise also helps you build that self-esteem and self-confidence. And you know, to link it back to visibility, if you're not comfortable getting in front of people right now, or you're not showing up authentically, right? You are putting on a front, putting up a front of being who you're not or who you think people want you to see as. You are going to learn how to be more comfortable in your own skin, how to be more vulnerable without being a victim, how to man up to your traumas, how to stay outstanding regardless of the crap, the, the wounds and the scars, how to turn your scars into stars. So inner child work is what you can do on your own or with somebody's help. If you have a therapist, bring it up with them. If you have a coach, ask them to help you. If you're not comfortable working with anyone, get, get a book, listen to a podcast, find a way. But if you have not done that yet in your life, you will do yourself a huge favor, a huge favor. If you go through this uncomfortable exercise, you will come up on the other side as a new person. Honestly, I look back to myself pre-work, pre-inner child work, and I look at myself literally as another person. I am not her anymore. She was surrounded by walls, false perceptions, false beliefs. She was someone else and her life was reflecting all of that. Right now, I'm a lot more authentic who I am. Even if I have to talk about some of the painful moments, I'm okay doing that because I've come to terms with that. So I strongly encourage all of our listeners to do that. Beautiful. Um, I love that. I really, I really resonated and felt the authenticity of that share, Jules. And uh, yeah, thank you again for sharing on the show and being so vulnerable and courageous in sharing. Just a couple of questions left for you. Um, one, if anyone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, how can I do that? Yeah. So on prjules.com, that's P-R-J-U-L-Z or Z, depending where you're from, .com, you will be able to get an immediate hold of the visibility cheat sheet. 
And that is, I believe, 11 different tips on how you can basically be yourself in front of more people and how you can be more memorable and how you can convert those PR appearances into contacts and collaborations and paying clients. So that's number one. Positiveimpact.tv is our handle pretty much on all of our social media. You can look us up on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, I do have a community that I welcome everybody to as well. It's a positive impact circle where we connect with other impact makers and learn how to make the world a better place together through connections, encouraging each other and uh, doing lots and lots of networking there as well. Beautiful. Um, I know for a fact there's so much value in there. So guys, if you are drawn towards Jules, do go into her community. Uh, she offers and gives so much away. Um, Jules, what does stay outstanding mean to you? The first thing that comes up to me, you know, like the word association game is to never give up because one thing is to be outstanding once or to just show up and show off. But to stay outstanding is actually a process. It's a journey. So to me, it basically is to be in alignment with your mission and your purpose, making a positive impact continuously, regardless of what may be thrown your way, being supportive of other people and leading with value. So those, those are the things that come up for me. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Guys, if you've just tuned in last minute or you're not really sure what's going on here, PR Jules, she's a PR expert, a visibility strategist, a social media coach, recovered so much yet so little of what Jules can talk about and deliver in her ability. Do reach out to her if you want to get in touch. Thanks so much again, Jules. Thank you for having me. Good day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.